Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Well, Sean Hyken was there. You can read him in the Rose Garden Report. He was there on press row. He is now joining us live via satellite. Probably didn't sleep when you went home. I got a text from you late, Sean. Uh, what was the adrenaline like? What was the feeling like in the building? Well, once it got, I think I think where it started to turn, John, is uh, about two and a half minutes left in the second quarter. He hit two free throws in order to get to 30. And it's like, oh, cool, that's a 30-point first half. He's done that before. And then in the next three possessions, he hits, you know, three straight three-pointers, including the one that kind of went viral, which was the last of the three, which we basically pulled up from like a foot past half court and just drained it. And uh, at that point, he had 39. And then, you know, at the, uh, like, I think it was like one second left in the uh uh, second quarter, he hits a little runner, so now he has 41 for the half, and now we're kind of looking at each other, everybody, all of us <laughs> on press row, like, uh, okay, what, what's going on here? Because like, he already, earlier this season, he had 60 against Utah, and that was one off of his career high of 61, and now it's like, uh, he's got 41 at the half. He could have a new career high in the third quarter, and, that, and that's when it kind of started to turn, and at that point, it was like... Uh, you know how sometimes when like you know the whole crowd knows that somebody is going off, and it's not even just like people go crazy when he hits a shot or they groan when he misses a shot. You could feel the air come out of the building when he passed the ball to anybody or anybody else <laughs> took a shot, regardless of whether it went in or not. Because like at that point, everybody was just kind of there to see one thing, which was for Dane to score as many points as possible. And then obviously, it ended up with him scoring seventy-one, which is not only a career high, but obviously a new franchise record and tied with Donovan Mitchell for the most points in a game this season. And Donovan Mitchell needed two overtimes to do it. unlike Dane. So it was a pretty incredible night to just be in the building for. Let's talk about what has to go into uh, what has to line up for a 71 point game. Uh, you know, the game being close enough that he's staying in the game, the Blazers defensively not being uh, uh, you know, a staunch team defensively keeps Houston in this game. Houston itself being out there on the court. What else? What am I missing, Sean? Well, I think the thing that was the most impressive about this was, A, how efficient it was, and, B, he didn't really do much scoring wise like he he and he, he only had you know he he had 50 in the you know three three quarters which is an incredible thing to look at on paper 41 of those points came in the first half he only had uh nine points in the third quarter because they were just throwing two three guys at him they were you know throwing these weird zone defenses at him basically trying to get him to not shoot and he was kind of making them pay by finding guys open looks i think the fact like you look at like other recent 70 point games the one from uh devin booker a couple of years ago this is back before Phoenix got good when they were still terrible. They, that that game was like a joke. He got blown, you know, they got blown out by the Celtics, and like it was one of those situations where team where like you know his teammates were fouling the other team to get them the ball back faster so that they could they, like pad his point total, and then it was a game that they ended up losing by a lot. 
The fact that this wasn't one of those, the fact that this was, A, he just got 71 points in the flow of the game. And, yeah, there were some times when he was like, he, everybody kind of knew he was, you know, what his point total was at. And he was going forward a little bit. But he didn't just, like, come out firing saying, like, oh, I need to get as many points as possible. But, it, like, that was one of the most, like, incredible parts about it. And, I mean, to your point, John, the uh, fact that they, you know, blew a little bit. They, they didn't fully blow the lead, but they were up by I think 23 was the most they were up by against Houston, who's the worst team in the NBA. And then kind of in the third and fourth quarter, Houston chipped back away at it a little bit and got got it down to five, and then Chauncey had to bring Dane back in, and Dane was just like, okay, we're not we're not doing this. Sean Hyken with us, rosegardenreport.com. You want to read his reports. Uh, had a fantastic story off the game. Uh, it, you know, it is Houston – it's Sunday, you know, it's, it's fans are kind of, you know, what was the, the, the feeling in the arena in the run-up to the game? Uh, was there any kind of anticipation, or did it just sort of come out of left field? Well, for us, it came out of left field. For You know, I thought, like I was saying earlier, we, when he hit those three straight threes to close out the second quarter, that, that was when it kind of became you know, it seemed like it was maybe going to become one of those, you know, those Dane nights that we're all kind of used to at this point. Dane told us something interesting after the game, though, which is that he and Joe Cronin, the general manager, were standing kind of at midcourt before the game because they were going to honor Dane at half court for winning the three-point competition at All-Star Weekend last week. And Joe said something to Dane about, like, oh, this crowd is kind of crazy. And Dane tells Joe, well, that's because they're anticipating something. They They, they know a run is coming, which... I, I thought I thought that was kind of funny that Dame shared that with us, and he's been very adamant that the Blazers still have a run to make, uh, you know, to to get back into the playoff mix, which uh, you know is going to kind of to be decided one way or the other over the next couple of weeks. But I, I guess to Dame, like Dame, I you know, from what he was saying, he felt like this was going to be a special night early on. But for us, I think it was more so like in the second quarter that we all kind of realized it. And then and then from then on, the, the whole crowd was just engaged and locked in and just wanting Dane to shoot it every single time he got the ball. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Sean, let me ask you about that question. You know, it was last week that we were talking, should they be tanking? Should they be going for it? Lillard tweets, you know, he's not interested in losing a bunch of games, but may not really be up to him in the end, although it was on Sunday night. Uh, what should this team do? What's the right play right now? I'll put it to you this way. Last season, they stripped everything down at the deadline. Dane was shut down with a surgery. They had multiple games where they were starting, like, Elijah Hughes and Kelvin Blevins and C.J. Ellaby and all these guys who are not NBA players. They engaged in one of the most blatant tank jobs I've ever seen in NBA history, basically, <laughs> post-trade deadline. And they went 2-19 and over their final 21 games of the season. And... All of that resulted in them having the sixth-best lottery odds and moving back to seventh in the draft. So, like, you can, you can say, oh, they need to just, like, tank and go for like, they could They could go – they have 22 games left. They could go 0-22 the rest of the way, and they still would not catch Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte, the teams that have you know, been doing this all year. So – Honestly, like to, to me, like I, I understand in a vacuum why there are you know people talking about how oh you know they might miss the playoffs. They're definitely not a contender. They should just be trying to get the best lottery pick possible. But I you know as somebody who was around the team all of last year when that was what they were doing, 
that stuff is such a drain. And, like, every everybody's so even, – even when it's by design and you know that you're doing it in order to get a high draft pick, that stuff is just so miserable to go through day-to-day for coaches, for players, even for media members covering it because there just becomes no point to these games. So I think it's very much within the realm of possibility that they end up missing the playoffs. As of right now, they're not in the play-in range. They're not in the top ten. But I think if they miss the, I mean, it, it would change if Dame got hurt. Then that you know that changes things. Because then at that point, yeah, you just sort of pivot and you do that. But if Dame is healthy, they're not going to be able to go to him and say, "Hey, let's make up an injury for you to shut you down." Like he's not going to go for that, and I don't think it would be fair to ask him to go for that. So I think you know they'll they'll make the playoffs, they'll make the play in, they won't, you know, whatever happens. I think they're just going to try to compete in every game and let the chips fall where they may. We're talking to Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report. Lillard's uh, an interesting figure. I mean, his salary is, by NBA standards, he's paid like a mega superstar. He eats up a lot of the cap space for this team. Uh, I don't think anyone would blame him if he ever raised his hand and said, I want out. But his timeline may not match, Sean, with what this organization is trying to do, or maybe it does. Do, you know, at, at times I feel like they're trying to force it. What do you see? Is this a team that can win two years from now, a year from now, with Damian Lillard as part of it? Or is this a team at some point that's going to have to make a difficult decision with a guy who's making $60 million? It depends on what they do this summer. And I think Joe Cronin has telegraphed, I mean, really for most of the season, but especially since the trade deadline, this is something he's laid out pretty explicitly at his post-trade deadline press conference is that their idea this summer is that whichever one of the next, you know, who, whoever, like, I don't I don't know, just, like, name, name a guy who might be, you know, on the trade market, uh, you know, as far as, like, a real needle-moving star, whoever, whoever that may be this summer, whoever the next Kevin Durant is. Like, obviously, they weren't in the mix for Kevin Durant because he only wanted to go to Phoenix and Brooklyn only negotiated with Phoenix. But the next guy, you know, of that caliber that's out there to be had by a team they feel like, and you know, you can land wherever you want to land on whether this you you also feel this way, but they feel like, you know, between you know Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, all the draft picks that they have that they're you know they're going to have access to this summer, they feel like whoever that next guy is that's out there, they are going to be able to make a pretty competitive offer to try to bring in, and that's kind of the idea for what they, what they're trying to do as far as maximizing the rest of Dane's prime when he's still playing at this level. Whether that's successful or not, then, you know, we'll see. And if it ends up not being successful, then, you know, as you said, maybe they do have to make some sort of decision with Dane at some point. But as far as I know, that's kind of what they're going into this uh, offseason hoping to accomplish. Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report. Sean, I appreciate you giving us your time. For people who want to read about the Blazers from a guy who's going to be there every night, you can read Sean Hyken. Sean, how do they find the Rose Garden Report? RoseGardenReport.com. That's pretty simple. Makes sense there. Uh, you got anything on tap for the next couple of days that, that you want to tease? Uh, we'll see. I've got, I've got one feature that I'm hoping to get wrapped up in the next couple of days. But then other than that, you know, their, their next home game is Wednesday against New Orleans. So be there, have coverage from that. And then they go on a six-game road trip for a while. So I'm maybe going to do some kind of longer form stuff and some kind of you know more you know di- different kinds of stuff during that road trip and then i think they're home for a lot of the rest of march so just kind of getting ready for the stretch run of the season at this point larry on twitter by the way sean says that the most entertaining thing for him was to hear people talking about how much closer damian lillard is to lebron's all-time scoring record after last night <laughs> i don't know if he's gonna get to that but that's pretty funny <laughs> 
He only needs, what, 22, 23 more 70-point games to close that gap a little bit. Yeah. Sean, I appreciate you, man. Good to talk to you, John. There it is, Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report. I want to leave you with one question, Stephen and Peter. I'm going to put you on the spot with one question. Does Damian Lillard make players around him better? Yes. Yes. So this team, without Lillard on it, the sum of these parts would just implode. Yes, absolutely. There, like I think Anthony Simons. You assume you know injuries aside, uh, you know Simons would maybe have a couple more points, but ultimately, I mean, Dame. Dame facilitates very well, even though he's a combo guard. He's not a traditional point guard. I think he gets a little bit of a bad rap there, but it's the leadership. It's pulling guys together, and you can look at a lot of the pieces before they came to Portland and after they came to Portland, and they really did have success with Dame. I will say, I've made this argument with people. I do think there are trade packages where if you traded Dame, that the team may get a little better, but I think ultimately... Dame, Damian Lillard does make his teammates better because he can get them open shots. And I think a lot of it has to do when he's getting trapped at half court, like that's not on him to make the play. Like he's going to, yeah. he's going to make the right play and pass it to the open guy. Someone's got to make a play after that. And the Blazers have never done that. Well, the coaches have has never coached it. Well, like I don't put that on Dame. That's got to be someone else to make a play and they get wide open shots and they don't make it. But I, but I do think to your point, there are some trade packages where you could say, okay, Anthony Simons, you're the lead guard now, and then you basically fill out the roster of really good players rather than one-star and solid players. I think it would be better, but I do think ultimately Dame makes it better. I always, when, I, when we get into the playoffs, I always, when somebody says, who's going to win this series, I always go, well, where's, who's the best player? And, you know, NBA executives have talked about that for years. Like, you know, you, you pick the team that's got the best player, the star, the biggest star. Lillard's a star, but I think it's going to be a shame if they, if the ceiling was, hey, they made a Western Conference Finals and with a real favorable matchup against Oklahoma City and and uh, and Denver, and uh, that was it. They didn't win any games, but they got there. That's to me, that's a shame. That's that's falling short. So I think Joe Cronin, whether you know, it's not really his fault. He was handcuffed here. He's handed this roster. He's got 18 to 24 months to figure this out before it starts to look like that's it. This is as good as it gets. Uh, I think Lillard's going to have some fun here in the next five to ten games though we've seen him go on these runs so look out leave it here you got the bft we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the bald hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast but if you want to listen to more of the bald face truth radio show including more of this segment that you're listening to make sure you subscribe on soundcloud and itunes to the bald face truth radio show thanks for listening